Stronach. Kiss meets the Phantom. It's the Paul Lynn Halloween Special, starring Paul Lynn, with Paul's special guest, Kiss. This is Ace, this is Gene, this is Peter, and this is Paul. Oh, I love a good religious group. <laughs> I can take one look at you four, and I can tell you how you got your name and how you got your act. You had a fight, and your mother's told you to kiss and make up. <laughs> <laughs> and your makeup is something else. How long does it take you to put it on? We don't wear makeup. Why don't you push the down button on your elevator shoes? Kiss. And I'm Gene Simmons. We're here to fight a super menace. Muscular dystrophy. It takes a lot of power to fight a problem that's larger than life, so we're calling on you. Please stand with us. Call and make a pledge right now. Arcata Graphics and Depew will soon start printing a new comic book promoted as being printed with real Kiss blood. Kiss, I'm told, is a big rock group on some level of music, appealing to that portion of the population that finds its collective voice changing and reads comic books. Speaking of which, Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon, featuring the four strangely attired and hairy fellows to be printed by Arcata Graphics, printed in, if you believe everything you're told, in real Kiss blood. To that end, Kiss flew into Buffalo today, yes, with a plane, a Brinks truck bringing a little white box, in which were, you guessed it, four vials of real Kiss blood, which were summarily dumped into some printing ink for the old comic book. Isn't that wonderful? The whole thing was a classic public relations stunt, one which may or may not have been in bad taste, depending on yours, one which may or may not sell comic books. It would be nice to think that people won't be sucked in by this type of thing, but then maybe Kiss knows something or reflects something about us that we don't see. Welcome to Solid Gold. Exciting live performances you can ever go to is a concert by our next guests. Their hard-driving music and their spectacular theatrics make them one of rock's most exciting bands. Tonight they're making a rare television appearance to sing their solid gold hit called I. Would you please welcome Kiss? Now, back to Kids Are People Too. These three musicians by the names of Gene, Ace, and Paul are going to announce the newest member of their group. Anyway, we at Kids Are People Too are going to uh, help Kiss welcome their newest member, so please give a big hand for the Fox, Eric Carr. This is Kiss, each sold separately, and you can put them in any crazy pose you want. Kiss. That's the name, Kiss. They may look insane, Kiss. If your game, it's Kiss. Kiss, each 12 and a half inch figure sold separately by Mego. Welcome back to Suburban Underground. This is another Steve solo episode. And this episode is likely to be of most interest to those who were KISS fans in the 1970s, like myself. I call it The Worst of KISS, 1974 to 1982. Knowledgeable and observant listeners will note that 1974 to 1982 are the years when KISS wore their makeup the first time around, before unmasking for the Lick It Up album. And this show is made up of my picks for the worst songs from each KISS studio album released during that original makeup period. Had I expanded it into the non-makeup era and beyond, most of the songs picked would be from Lick It Up, 
forward. And it would have taken a lot more time because I don't know those albums as well. The way this is going to work is I went through each of the studio albums, starting with their self-titled debut, through Creatures of the Night, and included Side 4 of Alive 2, which was all studio tracks, but not including 1982's Killers, which was a quasi-compilation hits album with some unreleased songs added onto it. And I chose what I consider to be the worst song on each album. I'm curious what other KISS fans out there think. I'm sure there will be differing opinions, and I would like to hear them. So let's get started. From KISS's debut album, self-titled, comes my pick for the worst song on that album, which was a cover of an old 50s rock and roll song from Bobby Rydell. It wasn't on the initial pressing of the album, but it was added later to help album sales. Kissin' Time is the name of the song, and vocals on this track were shared between Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, and Peter Chris. From 1974, here's Kiss with Kissin' Time. Oh 
gotta do another record and we had to throw these songs together. You know, the songs on Hotter Than Hell probably aren't quite up to par as some of the songs on the first record. song off of Kiss's 1975 album Dressed to Kill. It was Ladies in Waiting, written by Gene Simmons and sung by Gene Simmons. Listening to the lyrics, I wonder what that song is about. Here's a sample. So you've been to the market, and the meat looks good tonight, and the ladies in waiting will show you what it's all about. Hmm. Well, obviously, it's about housewives at the butcher shop picking a number and waiting in line. That's what I've gathered from it anyway. Before that, we heard my pick for the worst song off of Hotter Than Hell, their second album. The song is All The Way, written by Gene Simmons, sung by Gene Simmons. And that album, Hotter Than Hell, has been criticized as having a muddy, poor production So if you notice that, it's not the quality of the mp3 file, it's more likely the original recording and mastering were just not very good. The reason I didn't like that song is the verses were bad, chorus was a little bit better, but that song does have a decent guitar solo by Ace. And we started off with my pick for the worst song off of their debut, 
Kissin' Time, a cover of an old Bobby Rydell song. Moving into the era of Kiss that followed Kiss Alive, their blockbuster fake live album that gained them millions of new fans. Their next studio album was called Destroyer. It was produced by Bob Ezrin, as many know. Bob Ezrin had to get his writing credit so he could earn a residual from album sales. He co-wrote this song, which we're about to hear, along with Gene Simmons, and he has co-writing credit on most of the songs on the album. Beth was too obvious of a choice to pick here, and I think people have heard that song enough times that I didn't need to play it. So instead, I picked another sappy schmaltzy tune called Great Expectations. This song does rip off the second movement of Beethoven's Piano Sonata Number no. 8 in C minor. But that's not why I picked it. I normally like orchestrations and string sections, but just comes across a little too over the top, in my opinion. And the Brooklyn Boys Chorus in the background doesn't help. This is Great Expectations from Destroyer, sung by Gene Simmons from 1976. Dying to be seen And you wave and 
Bob made a point of letting us know he was the boss. He wore a whistle around his neck and referred to us as campers.
using only songs from the second three studio albums, the new live album took up just three sides of a double album, not four. We decided to add a side of studio tracks. Any Way You Want It was a Dave Clark Five song I'd always loved, and Gene loved it too. The original 1964 version is cataclysmic, just huge. Ours didn't come close. That was Any Way You Want It, a cover of an old Dave Clark Five song. That was on side four, if we're talking about the vinyl version, of Alive 2. Side four was all studio tracks. It just seemed like a throwaway track to me. I mean, it's a good tune, but didn't need to hear Kiss's version of it. Paul Stanley sings and supposedly plays all guitars and bass on that song. Before that, another cover of an old early 60s girl group song from the Crystals originally. It was Then She Kissed Me, the original being Then He Kissed Me, of course. That was from Love Gun, written by a few people which included Phil Spector and sung by Paul Stanley, also from 1977. Again, this seems like filler to me. The original was a great song, but don't need to hear Kiss's version. From Rock and Roll Over from 1976, I picked Love 'em and Leave 'em. It was a tough decision for that album because I like pretty much every song on Rock and Roll Over. It's my second favorite Kiss album. But what put this song over the top is Gene's annoying vocals. It just grates on me. And we started that set with Great Expectations the maudlin tune from Destroyer from 1976. Now it's time to get into the four simultaneously released and like-branded solo albums, all of them exhibiting amazing portraits on the cover of each respective band member by artist Araldo Caragotti. Some say all of the four solo albums are self-titled, meaning you know, their names, Paul Stanley, Ace Freely, etc. Others say the four bear the album title Kiss because of the branding of the Kiss logo in the top left corner of all four of the albums. Regardless, all four members got a lot of outside help, including cameos by some big names, especially on Gene's album. Let's start off with Paul Stanley, my favorite of the four albums. This song is another sappy ballad. It was the only single released from his solo album and it peaked at number 46 on the Billboard Hot 100. His album was produced by Jeff Glicksman, who had previously produced only Kansas albums. From 1978, this is Paul Stanley's Hold Me, Touch Me, Think of Me When We're Apart.
We'll do solo albums. That turned out to be our next folly. Neil said we would release them all on the same day. He envisioned shipping a million of each solo album. Selling around 500,000 copies each was nothing to sneeze at. Two million records if you looked at them collectively as a Kiss product. But since Neil had shipped a million of each, what was he supposed to do with the other two million copies? There was too much hype, and because of the leftover records, a financial disaster for Casablanca.
from his 1978 solo album. The song is Kiss the Girl Goodbye, co-written by Peter Chris and Stan Penridge. Now, Peter Chris's solo album is a target-rich environment because his album very much reflects the wimpiest and sappiest soft rock of the 1970s. I didn't mind a 
couple of the songs, such as the second single, You Matter to Me, but most of it is just not good at all. It does not stand the test of time. Before that, Ace Freely, from his first solo album, the song is I'm In Need of Love. A couple of members of Paul Schaefer's band played on this album, Will Lee on bass and Anton Fig on drums, and Ace secured big-name producer Eddie Kramer, who had already previously worked with Kiss. And that song, I just think, is blah. It doesn't go anywhere. Gene Simmons with Tunnel of Love. According to Wikipedia, Joe Perry and Jeff Skunk Baxter play guitar on that track. Donna Summer supposedly lends her vocals to the background as well. And we started off with Paul Stanley with Hold Me, Touch Me, Think of Me When We're Apart. Those were all the worst songs, in my opinion, on their first solo albums. All released in 1978 at the same time. Moving on to Dynasty, I picked this Gene Simmons song, co-written by Simmons and Howard Marks. This is a typical song about Gene saying how great he is, except in a twist, instead of boasting about the size of his genitalia, he's singing about what a magnetic personality he has. This is Charisma from Dynasty from 1979.
Dynasty was recorded in New York City with Vinnie Poncia, who had been Peter's producer for his solo album. By that time, Peter was our biggest liability because he had become dependent on chemicals. Ironically, Vinnie decided that even though he produced Peter's record, he didn't think Peter was good enough to drum on a Kiss record.
wonderful. They were playing the songs to me again. I hadn't heard them in so long. And there are moments, there are really brilliant musical moments on that record. There are also cringeworthy, embarrassing <laughs> moments, particularly for Paul.
authenticity and honesty. The Elder was a dishonest record. From Music from the Elder, that was Mr. Blackwell, written by Gene Simmons and Lou Reed, who co-wrote a couple of songs on the album, sung by Gene Simmons, and that album came out in 1981. Produced by Bob Ezrin, Music from the Elder is a polarizing album. I had to do some listening to it because I I'd never really listened to it before other than a song or two. I know there's a niche group of KISS fans that swear by it, but I think it's fair to say that by any objective measure, the album is a failure, certainly commercially. Also, it was a soundtrack for a movie that was never made, which is kind of sad. It's KISS singing about sorcery and fantasy, which is outside of their wheelhouse. On that song in particular, the verse and chorus are both weak, in my opinion. However, I do like the bridge a lot, and the drums and percussion sound cool to me. That all said, my overall opinion of the album, after listening to it, is it's not as bad as I thought it would be. From Unmasked, my pick for the worst song in that album is You're All That I Want, co-written by Gene Simmons and Vinnie Poncia. Sung by Gene Simmons, that album came out in 1980. Unmasked took a turn for a more poppy sound, more poppy than Dynasty anyway. Although Peter Chris is listed as a member of the band, he did not play on it at all. Anton Figg is the only actual drummer listed in the Wikipedia article for that album. And Paul Stanley supposedly plays the guitar solo on that song, You're All That I Want. The guitar solo is really nothing special. Gene supposedly plays rhythm guitar on that song, and successful 80s songwriter and music artist in her own right, Holly Knight, plays keyboards on that album. And we started that set about Kiss and Decline in the late 70s with Charisma from Dynasty from 1979. We're going to close out this special the Worst of Kiss, 1974 to 1982, with Creatures of the Night from 1982. This album is agreed by most Kiss fans to be their heaviest album in their catalog. Similar to Peter Chris on Unmasked, Ace Frehley is credited as a member of Kiss for the album, but did not actually play on it. The lead guitar was handled by Vinnie Vincent, Robin Ford, Steve Farris, later of Mr. Mister, and others. Robin Ford plays lead guitar on this track. 
And I kind of surprised myself with this pick. You may have noticed that most of the songs in this show were Gene Simmons sung and written. And that's because even back in the day when I was a Kiss fanatic, Gene's songs were my least favorite. I didn't like his voice. I didn't think the songs were that great. However, re-listening to those albums today, I can appreciate them a little bit more than I did back then. Some of them have decent guitar riffs and melodies. Anyway, I thought for sure I would have picked a Gene song for this Creatures of the Night album. This Paul Stanley song is one that I may have actually liked, but now I just think it's painfully boring and sappy and a product of its time. From 1982's Creatures of the Night album, written by Paul Stanley and Vinnie Vincent, sung by Paul Stanley, here is I Still Love You. So long, Bedford, and everyone out there who tolerated this show of my picks for the worst songs of a bunch of Kiss albums. Tell me how- 
Suburban Underground. Suburban Underground.